Now, can you imagine if you're not able to buy and sell things on this earth? Can you imagine if you were to go to a restaurant and you say, I want to go and get, get a meal, and they won't allow you because you don't have the mark. <laughs> I say that in a kind of a joking way because, you know, we're approaching times that have the fingerprint of this, aren't we? Think about the times that we live in today. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast of Calvary Chapel Echo Park here in Los Angeles, California. We are a small fellowship of diverse believers who want to serve our Lord and do His will. You can find out more about our fellowship at ccechopark.com. Join us for our live stream on Sunday in the New Testament and Wednesday evenings in the Old Testament. Now let's get into the Word of God in our weekly podcast. The teaching is from Pastor David Higa and will be the study of the revelation of Jesus Christ and the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 through 18. Right there at verse 11. John records, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and spoke like a dragon. Verse 12, And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship. Here's our word. Worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Verse 13, he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Verse 14, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Verse 15, and he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Verse 16, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. Verse 17, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Revelation chapter 13, verse 11 says, Then I saw another beast. Now it says another beast, right? So this is the second beast. And when you look at this word another, it literally means another of the same kind. Okay, so... As was the Antichrist, that first beast, so is this second beast. Very evil, right? It's the second or the third person of the false trinities. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. And so, as I mentioned, right, Antichrist comes up out of the sea. There's different varying interpretations of that. I'm not sure we know why they use the verbiage of the sea. It could be the sea of people, which is oftentimes referred to. It could be the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, and that's in and around the vicinity, right, where Antichrist can come out. Another commentator, as I mentioned, it could be referring to Europe there, right? That's where the revived Roman Empire is going to come out of, and that's where perhaps Antichrist will come out of. But it's interesting. Now it says, then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. Okay, so we have the sea and the earth, right? Between these two, they cover the whole of the globe, okay? The entire world they're going to try to lead astray and lead to worship. Worship Satan there, okay? So one of the things I was thinking about out of the earth, it's, it's contrary to out of heaven, isn't it? 
And if the false prophet is a counterfeit Holy Spirit, right? We think about who's the Holy Spirit? It's the third person of the Trinity, right? And so the false prophet is a counterfeit of that. Now we see that this beast, the second beast, the prophet, the false prophet, he comes out of the earth. And so I want to kind of just create that kind of comparison, right? As we see, as we're going to see further along in our text, that the Holy Spirit comes with signs and wonders as well. And his purpose, one of his great purposes is for uh, the world to worship Antichrist and Satan. Such it is with the Holy Spirit in the sense that the Holy Spirit comes into us, draws us into glorifying who? Worshiping Jesus and God the Father, right? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And so we see a counterfeit coming in this second person, or this, excuse me, this third person of the false trinity, the, the pro, uh, false prophet, right? It says, then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. It's an earthly work, right? Not a heavenly work as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has, you know, several objectives, but one of the main objectives is this, is to bring glory to Jesus, is to cause people to worship Jesus and God the Father, okay? What do you think the work of the false prophet is, who's a false third person of the Trinity? Well, it's the same thing, right? To bring glory to the Antichrist and to bring glory to the God of this world. And how does he do that? Well, it's in the same way. We're going to see as we get to uh, chapter 13, verse, um, verse, verse 13 right here, he's going to do it with signs and wonders. And just as the gifts of the Holy Spirit are manifest in us, we're going to see that the false prophet, he's going to do signs and wonders as well. But the purpose of those signs and wonders is to glorify Satan and the Antichrist. Uh, one of the main objectives of the false prophet, excuse me, is religious, is to cause worship of the Antichrist. Now, the Antichrist we've talked about, he's going to come as a political figure. And so he's the political power, right? And perhaps the monetary power behind Satan. But we're going to see that the false prophet, he's the one that comes with worship to cause people to worship the Antichrist and to worship Satan, which is basically Satan's bidding from the beginning. As I mentioned, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, that was his desire. And you know, it's going to be interesting as the false prophet comes and causes people to worship the Antichrist as to worship Satan, that Satan is, in this last three and a half years, probably the most he's ever received for this brief short time, he's going to receive the worship that he's always desired. And it's going to be funneled through this, mainly this false prophet that's bringing religious worship to, to the Antichrist and to Satan. Okay, so I want to underscore this point that the false prophet, his main objective, he's many, but his main objective is to cause worship. Worship of the Antichrist and worship of Satan. So in verse 11 it says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. Definitely it's not coming from heaven, like the Holy Spirit. It's going to be out of the earth to worship, to cause the people of there to worship the God of this earth or the God of this world, which would be Satan. And he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. So speaking like a dragon, he spoke like Satan, right? He's coming with the words of Satan, who's the dragon. But notice this. He says it has horns like a lamb. And so he's like a lamb. So the first thing we think of a lamb is sacrifice, right? Jesus, the lamb who's slain for the sins of the world. So He's going to come with all deception in his words. Worship, right? There's going to be sacrifices, but maybe sacrifices to pagan gods, pagan deities. Kind of like what we see in Scripture so often, right? Serving 
pagan gods and pagan deities, not the one true living God. And that was really the problem of Israel way back in the day when Israel right fell into and uh, went into exile. Right, they were worshiping false gods, pagan gods, and so this. Um, a false prophet, he comes and he comes like a lamb. False sacrifice, right? False worship and spoke like a dragon is the words of, 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 of Satan. Okay, so now verse 12 says, and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. This would be the Antichrist. And then causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. Okay, so what's the objective here? Well, this second beast, which is the false prophet, is causing the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the Antichrist. And if you're worshiping the Antichrist, the first beast, ultimately you're worshiping the dragon, which is Satan, whose deadly wound was healed. Okay, so whose deadly wound was healed is a reference to Antichrist and also his what? His kingdom. Who is this that's mortally wounded? Is it actually the Antichrist or is it... The empire that he runs, right? The revived Roman Empire, the Roman Empire that was wounded. And the revived Roman Empire is uh, resurrected. You know, Walford goes into detail on this. And, you know, it could be either. I want to kind of make that uh, suggestion. I believe it's the revived Roman Empire that's resurrected. And it's the Roman Empire that's mortally wounded. But many would say this is actually the Antichrist. And that... He wasn't actually killed. Remember I questioned how the Antichrist could be resurrected or can be brought back to life. Only God can do that. Satan can't do that. But then there are ones, and ones on Friday, they pointed to this, Friday night at HT Home Group. They said, and I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded. And so maybe he wasn't killed. Maybe he's a master of deception and wasn't killed. But I want to draw your attention to this. This is what Walford kind of underscores. Notice it says, and I saw one of his heads. Now, when it says in verse 12, whose deadly wound was healed, I believe that that's the revived Roman Empire coming back into power. Okay, that's my, my take. Even though many would say that this is Antichrist um, himself, the person. I kind of side with that one head being the revived Roman Empire that's mortally wounded, and that's coming back to life. And what's happening is this prophet, this false prophet, is the religious means behind that, okay? Now verse 13 says, he performs great signs. Now this would be who? Not the Antichrist. Even though we know that the Antichrist can do supernatural things, can give life. Right? Only God can do that, but can do supernatural things. But he says, he, this would be the false prophet, performs great signs. Now what are great signs? Great miracles. So that even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. So it's interesting, right? He can even call fire down from earth as a, as a great miracle. Now, I started to think about this. When did the Spirit do this? Come down from heaven in fire. Remember, remember at Pentecost? Remember the Holy Spirit came upon, right? The disciples there and the tongues of fire came down. Remember that's in Acts chapter 2? So isn't it interesting this third person of the false trinity, the false prophet, right? He can do signs and wonders so that he even makes fire come down from heaven. You know, it's a counterfeit of what happened at Pentecost, isn't it? Right? Fire came down from heaven at Pentecost and what? Remember, the church was birthed. And remember they saw tongues of fire? 
right upon all those, right? The apostles there, and they began to speak. And all those that came from all over the Roman Empire there, these, these, uh, these Jews, right? These, these uh, ones that they heard them in their own language there. And so we, we know that, that this is a counter. He, the false prophet, performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven. And so we see that the false prophet has gifts as well, supernatural gifts, but it's a counterfeit. But I underscore this because as the Holy Spirit came down upon the earth, it drew what? It drew the church to worship Christ. And so it is with the false prophet. He's going to perform signs and wonders spiritual to cause people to spiritually worship the Antichrist and the dragon, okay? So, what I'm really driving at is that there's a religious aspect to the false prophet. Just as the political aspect was for the Antichrist, right? To mass a following politically and globally and economically, we're going to see the false prophet. He's the one that controls the religious aspect. Now, verse 14 says, And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs. This would be the false prophet. He deceives those on the earth by these miracles. Right? And so, these miracles that he's performing, right? He's deceiving those to worship Antichrist and the dragon, which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. This would be the Antichrist telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Okay, so I want you to look with me when this latter part of verse 14 says, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image. And so, let's think about this. The false prophet starts to cause the earth to make an image of the Antichrist. The image of this beast who was wounded by the sword and lip. Now, why would that be necessary to make an image of the Antichrist if the Antichrist is alive and well? Why would that be necessary to create an image? Well, you know, many would say that this image could be like a robot, right? And, and that's definitely possible in this day of technology, right? To create some kind of a, a clone of a person, right? And have that, that clone speak, right? But that's definitely possible in this day and age. But to me, why would that be necessary when you have Antichrist right there, right? And he can speak for himself. Why would there be an image needed to be made? Well, let me, let me throw this out to you. Perhaps the image is technology in itself. Let me explain. When it says, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lip. You know, let's say you have a man come and he is Antichrist, right? How are we going to listen? How are we going to hear him? How is he going to dictate to the world what to do? Well, it's going to be through electronic media, isn't it? Could that be the image? Think about it. You know, when people are watching their computer screen. I think about these widescreen TVs. You know, you open up, let's say you kind of open up a living room and everybody, the whole family there is watching this widescreen. It looks like they're worshiping, right? This big old widescreen. Could that be the image? Technology. Because think, let's say the Antichrist is barking out his directions there. And as he's barking out his directions, right, everybody's watching him on their electronic media, their phones, the widescreens, right? The internet, right? All the different uh, big screens that we have on our computers, right? Could that be the image? Could it be the, uh, the false prophet is setting up this technology so everyone can hear the Antichrist? 
I tend to believe that that's what it is, that this, this image is not specifically a robot or one thing like that. It's technology itself. It creates an image of, of the Antichrist and the Antichrist, he does his bidding through this image of technology. And so you think about it, as he starts to give direction, you think about it even today, right? How do we know that our President Biden is saying anything? We're not with President Biden. We see the image of him on media, don't we? Or anybody, any world leader, that's what we see. Perhaps this is what is being created. Now, the reason I underscore this to you, this image is alive and well today then, isn't it? We have technology today that can put anybody that comes up on this scene to be a world leader. And so he was granted power to breathe to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Okay, so notice this aspect of worship. Okay? What's the primary objective of this false prophet? Is to create a image or a media perhaps, right? So the worship of the beast or the worship of the Antichrist could be manifested. Could this be technology today? And if it is, people, this technology is here. I mean, just as people can watch a live stream of this service from all over the world, they can watch some leader that comes on the scene through the image of technology barking out directions and people following those directions. Isn't it interesting, the times that we live in right now? Now notice, verse 16, he causes all. This is the false prophet. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. So notice it's not the Antichrist that causes the mark to be put on their hand and their forehead. It is the false prophet. Why? Because by putting the mark on their hand and the forehead, it causes them to worship the beast. And so it's the false prophet that's behind this. Now, what is this mark? We don't know for sure. But we know that it's going to put on the right hand and on the forehead. And we know in verse 17, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And so we don't know exactly what this mark is. But we know that this mark, when it goes on the hand and the forehead, it allows you to buy and sell things. Right? It allows you to buy and sell things on this earth. Can you imagine if you can't even go shopping at certain places unless you have a card that says you've been vaccinated? I'm not saying we're going there, but the fingerprints are on it, right? You can see where the scenario can happen here in verse 7 that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast. We're getting really close, aren't we? Now, the reason I underscore this to you is that these things are happening today. The spirit of Antichrist is alive and well today. Even though we don't know who Antichrist might be, the spirit of Antichrist in all this, these areas is alive and well. And, you know, there's a worship. There's, a, there's a, a religious aspect to it. You ever hear of the ecumenical religious movement? The one world religion? You ever hear of that? Well, I'm sure you've heard of the one world economy. They're trying to do right. 
in, in Europe, right, to remove all the borders so you can freely travel to all these different countries and have one monetary currency, one world economy. Well, you know what comes alongside that is a one world religion. And so that's the aspect of the Antichrist and the false prophet, respectively. The Antichrist might come to control the economic and political power of this one world economy, but it's the false prophets that's going to lead this one world religious ecumenical movement. The authoritative economical movement is by the Antichrist, but the religious the false religion is, 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 is instituted by the, by the false prophet. Because the false prophet, his objective is to cause people to worship the Antichrist and Satan. Okay, so Revelation chapter 17, it records the woman riding this scarlet beast. And the woman is Babylon. Okay, so there's a spiritual Babylon. And it's going to talk about how the spiritual Babylon is riding this beast. This beast is Antichrist, which we're going to see. And so what's going to be controlling or bringing the Antichrist into power is going to be this ecumenical movement as well. But I'm just going to share with you that what's going to happen is that the woman, this ecumenical movement, this one world religion is going to be dismantled by the ten kings of Antichrist government. And then they're going to be caused for the world to worship Antichrist. That's what is going to happen. Okay, so let's read verse 1 of chapter 17 of Revelation. It says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. This would be this woman. With whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with wine, with the wine of her fornication. Verse 3, And so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names and blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Sound familiar? It would be the Antichrist, wouldn't it? This woman is sitting, right? She's right on, and she's riding this Antichrist. She's over this Antichrist, okay? And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Verse 4, the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. Now, why she's appearing as so filthy, the filthiness of fornication? Because she's committing adultery. And if you read through scripture, Oftentimes in the Bible, what you see is idolatry and the worship of pagan gods is likened to adultery, fornication. You can read the book of Hosea as a great example. And so throughout the course of Scripture, right, when Israel falls into idolatry, what God likens that is to being unfaithful as a wife or as a husband. And so this woman is unfaithfulness. And so there's the filthiness to her, right, fornication full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. Now verse 5 says, And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, and of the abominations of the earth. Notice he likens it to the, the city of Babylon. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Now verse 6 says, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. She's drunk with the blood of the saints because she's caused the saints to die because of 
worship of pagan gods, okay? With the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And so you look at all those throughout history. You know, we see that recorded in the Old Testament, how they killed the prophets, right? This is all through Baal worship, right? Israel would worship pagan gods and then they would kill the truth. And we see that even in our day, right? False religion kills those of true religion, right? And so we see, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. So we see this picture of this false religious movement, right? And she's controlling the beast, the Antichrist. She's bringing the beast into power, all right? Now, let's, let's jump down a few verses here. Let's go down to verses 9 through, 9 through 12 here. It says, Here is the mind which was wisdom, which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains. Now we talked about the seven heads, right? There's seven world powers. And here's it calls them seven mountains on which the woman sits. So this false religion has controlled all the different empires of this world. Remember the seven world empires. We've got Egypt, Assyria. We have uh, Egypt, Assyria. And then we have Babylon. We have the Medo-Persian Empire. We have the Grecian Empire as the fifth empire. We have the what? The Roman Empire, the sixth. And the revived Roman Empire soon to be. Seven. We're going to talk about an eighth, which is Antichrist empire. He's going to take the revived Roman Empire and make it his empire. But notice in verse 10 it says, There are also seven kings. So she's controlled these seven kings of these seven world empires. Five have fallen. One is and the other has not yet come. So the five that have fallen are what? Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia. And the Grecian Empire, right? Five have fallen. Now it says one is, that's the Roman Empire, which is not dead. It's almost dead, but it's going to be resurrected. And the other has not yet come, which would be the revived Roman Empire, right? That's the seventh. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth. So this would be Antichrist. He's going to take the revived Roman Empire and he's going to make it his empire. Economic Babylon. Right? And then he says, and is of the seven and is going to perdition. So of that revived Roman Empire, he's going to create his own empire. This is going to be the beast or the Antichrist empire and is going to perdition. Now verse 12, the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as of yet. So I want to mark this to you, right? At the beginning of the tribulation, when Antichrist amasses the revived Roman Empire, there's going to be ten kings, especially in the first three and a half years. And what's going to happen is these ten kings, right, they're going to be the rulers in this revived Roman Empire. And these ten kings, they're going to put a stop to the one world religion. They're going to put a stop to the woman that rides in the beast. This is what we're going to see at the end of Revelation 17. Now, why are they going to do that? Because Antichrist is going to cause them to now worship him. So the one world religion, which is controlled by the false prophet and his spirit, right? That false prophet is going to now turn and have everybody worship the beast. And that's the abomination of desolation. But we see Daniel prophesies and Jesus says, when you see that, you need to flee Israel. Because at that point, Antichrist wants to be worshipped as God. And that's in the latter half of the three and a half years. So verse 12 says, the, the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as of yet. 
but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast, with Antichrist, okay? These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. So the ten kings, they give their power and authority to the beast. Now let's jump down to verse 16. It says, And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot. So these ten kings who are allied with the beast, they hate the harlot. They hate the one world religion. You know why? Because the beast wants to be worshipped. He wants to be God. And so it says, These will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So they're going to be putting a stop to this whole ecumenical one world religion and they're going to say, Now you worship Antichrist. Now, if you worship Antichrist, who are you worshiping? Satan. And so as Walvoord puts it, he says, for a brief time, Satan will have the worship he has always craved. Thanks again for joining us in our podcast of Calvary Chapel Agua Park. We hope and pray that you have been blessed by the teaching and join us again as we continue to study the Word of God. Once again, you can always visit us on our homepage at ccechopart.com for more information and teachings from Pastor David. To God be the glory.